Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and this week's episode was prompted by Kristen, who wrote, Can you talk about cortisol and how it affects our bodies? With all this COVID craziness, it feels like my stress levels are at an all-time high. What nutritional things can we do to help our stress levels? And what can we do about the belly fat that being more stressed makes us hang on to? Well, Kristen is not the only one feeling more stressed in recent months. The American Psychological Association conducts an annual poll to gauge overall stress levels in the population. And the specific things that people are stressed about change from year to year, but the overall level of stress remains fairly constant. Even in the best of times, the majority of Americans report living with moderate to high levels of stress, and they feel that their stress levels aren't healthy. Well, not surprisingly, a new poll conducted in April and May of 2020 found that the reported stress levels have jumped up considerably in response to the global pandemic. As many of us know all too well, reaching for sweets or other comfort foods is a typical coping mechanism when we're stressed. And with many people cooped up at home, stress and boredom eating is definitely on the rise, leading to weight gain. And if that weren't bad enough, research does suggest that when we're stressed, those comfort calories may lead to weight gain more quickly because of those high cortisol levels that Kristen mentioned. A couple of months ago, I actually gave an online workshop with some strategies to help reduce stress eating. And if you missed that, the replay is still available. You can access that at wayless.life slash healthy at home waylast.life slash healthy at home for some strategies to reduce stress eating. But wouldn't it be great if there were foods or nutrients that could diffuse anxiety and ward off the negative effects of daily stress? No wonder I see so many magazine and web articles about stress-busting foods. Unfortunately, a lot of these are just puff pieces with little to no scientific basis. Sometimes, however, journalists will interview actual scientists about their research. The problem is that researchers often use that word stress to mean something very different than what the general population thinks of as stress, and that often leads to confusion. When we say we're stressed, we usually mean that we feel overwhelmed or anxious, too many demands, deadlines, and worries, and not enough time, money, and energy to get it all done. Researchers, on the other hand, often measure physiological stress responses, which don't necessarily correspond to our psychological experience. So when they report that a food or a nutrient has an effect on stress, that doesn't necessarily mean that you will feel better or worse when you eat it. Let me just give you one example. In a story on the connection between diet and stress, Researcher Robert Ludwig told NPR's Morning Edition about an experiment that he did on obese teenage boys, in which the boys who ate highly processed cereal for breakfast had higher levels of adrenaline, which is a stress hormone, than those who ate a high-protein breakfast instead. And the boys who ate more protein were also less hungry, and they ate fewer calories at lunch. So chalk one up for a high-protein breakfast. Unfortunately, Nobody asked the boys about their mood or how stressed they felt, so we don't know whether those different breakfast meals had any effect on whether they felt any more or less stressed. 
nonetheless, if you had heard that piece on the radio, you probably would have concluded, as did the reporter, that eating lots of refined carbs and sugar will make you feel more stressed and anxious. But hang on just a minute, because in her book, The Serotonin-Powered Diet, Dr. Judith Wortman claims that a big dose of refined carbohydrates is exactly what you should eat to feel more relaxed and happy. And that's because refined carbohydrates promote the production of serotonin, a feel-good neurotransmitter. So which is it? Are we supposed to eat carbs or are we supposed to avoid them to beat stress? Well, the reason that these two scientists seem to be contradicting one another is that they're measuring completely different things. Ludwig is looking at the effect of diet on adrenal hormones, and Wertman is describing the effect of diet on neurotransmitters. Of the two, neurotransmitters probably have a closer relationship to our mood. Nonetheless, I think the disadvantages of Wertman's approach outweigh the benefits. Eating refined carbohydrates may temporarily boost your serotonin levels. After all, that's probably why we crave them when we feel down. But they also send your blood sugar, insulin, energy, and appetite on a roller coaster ride. And riding that roller coaster on a regular basis is a good way to increase your risk of type 2 diabetes and heart disease. Fortunately, as the savvy psychologist pointed out in our conversation about the food mood connection, eating refined carbs is not the only way to boost those mood-enhancing neurotransmitters. A few minutes of aerobic exercise, exposure to sunshine, doing a nice favor for someone, or even simply smiling. These are all proven ways to reduce your mental and emotional stress levels without the negative effects of a carbohydrate binge. Now, there is one stress-reducing dietary strategy that might be worth a try. The bacteria that thrive in our guts appear to affect both our adrenal stress hormones and our neurotransmitters. Translation, prebiotic and probiotic foods may help reduce anxiety and depression and improve our state of mind. Now, the more different kinds of beneficial bacteria in your gut, the better. So rather than put all of your probiotic eggs in the yogurt basket, as it were, try to branch out a little bit with other types of fermented and cultured foods, such as fermented soy products, which include tempeh, natto, and miso, and lacto-fermented vegetables, which is the fancy new name for old-fashioned pickles. But wait, it gets even better. Cheese, beer, and red wine are also sources of probiotic bacteria. Of course, you want to enjoy them responsibly. Now, on the prebiotic side of things, which may be even more important, you can further encourage diversity by providing your gut bacteria with lots of different types of fiber. So instead of relying on a single fiber supplement to meet your fiber quota, try to get your fiber from a variety of different grains, legumes, nuts, fruits, and vegetables. As is so often the case, eating a variety of whole foods offers more benefits than a diet made up of just a short list of superfoods. Finally, is there anything we can do to fend off that stress-related belly fat it is true that chronically high cortisol levels may trigger the body to store fat preferentially around the middle. Talk about adding insult to injury. But despite what you'll see online, there aren't any foods that specifically burn belly fat. Expecting food, which is a source of energy, 
To burn fat, which is a form of stored energy, is a little like expecting an ice cube to warm up your coffee. The best way to prevent stress-related belly fat is to reduce your stress levels. I know that's easier said than done these days. A certain amount of stress during a global pandemic and economic crisis is inevitable, but some of it is optional. And here are a few of the ways that I've been trying to keep my stress levels as low as possible. Number one, limit your consumption of news to the absolute minimum needed to stay informed. Number two, choose books, movies, music, and friends that you find uplifting and avoid those that you find draining or depressing. Number three, get offline and get outside every day if you can. Number four, move your body, ideally in ways that you enjoy. And number five, get enough sleep. Your body perceives a lack of sleep as stress. And those who skimp on sleep tend to have higher cortisol levels, which may partially explain why undersleeping is consistently linked with weight gain. If you're just too stressed to sleep right now, a guided meditation or a yoga nidra practice can be a great way to calm your mind and your body and help you relax into restorative sleep. Check out one of the many meditation or mindfulness apps, such as Headspace, Calm, or my personal favorite, Insight Timer. Even when the current crisis has abated, life will continue to be stressful. So learning how to keep stress from damaging your health or your diet will not be wasted effort. My colleague, Dr. Jade Wu, has lots more great advice on coping with life's challenges in her weekly Savvy Psychologist podcast. I definitely recommend, if it's not already, that you add that to your pandemic playlist. And while you're editing your podcast playlist, maybe you'd like to check out my new podcast with Brock Armstrong, who is the host of the Get Fit Guy podcast. Together, Brock and I have a new podcast called Change Academy, where we talk about the art and science of behavior change. You'll find it wherever you listen. And you'll find a transcript of today's show, along with links to lots of research, at quickanddirtytips.com, where you can also search the entire Nutrition Diva archive. And if you can't find an answer to your nutrition question in my archives, feel free to send it my way, and you might get your answer in an upcoming episode. The Nutrition Diva Show is researched and written by me, Monica Reinagle, edited by Karen Hertzberg, produced by Nathan Sams, and our team at Macmillan Audio also includes Morgan Ratner, Emily Miller, Michelle Margulis, and our director, Kathy Doyle. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Music.